This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 12, starting with verse 29. And really, we're going to do only two verses today because they are probably the saddest verses for Egypt and the world for a pastor who deals with funerals and deals with death on a regular basis. These are really the two, I guess, the two saddest verses in in scripture, as far as Egypt is concerned, we deal with Egypt a whole lot in Exodus, but this is where Egypt faces the final the final penalty for their unbelief and for their unwillingness to allow the children of Israel to leave and go worship their God. And it is tough. I remember when I was a young child watching the Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston, and that that whole, it was just a great movie in that age and still is. A well-written, maybe you would say they don't, the acting's not as good, but I would say the acting's fabulous for that age, and it's still a very modern movie, but I can remember when the death angel finally comes, and uh, they had green smoke that was moving through the place, and one of, uh, one of Aaron's sons was standing at the door and saw the pestilence come and told his kids to come and look and see the pestilence as it moves through Egypt, and uh, that was, it was scary, very scary. And me as a child, I remember it being, it was wondrous. I didn't know exactly how that happened. But the truth is that was a creative license on the part of those who wrote that movie and produced that movie, because that's not how it happened. And that's not what happened. The angel of death did come, but the angel of death can strike very quickly. As we see later on, the angel of death can come and strike an army of tens of thousands dead in an instant. That's exactly what happened here. And uh, it was a horrendous, horrible in the sense of the devastation of the people. The, death pro- the deaths were not that way, but the effect, the psychological, the emotional effect on the people was devastating. And death always is devastating for those who have no hope. And you need to know that and to realize that. Death is death is a natural end to the spiritual life, but if they're natural end to the physical life and the beginning of the spiritual life, and understanding that if you don't have a spiritual life, then the natural end to the physical life is the end for those. It's the end of any hope. It's the end of any relationship. It's the end of any any opportunity to be with the one that is loved, the family member. It is the end. It is completely over. And you say, won't they all be together in hell? No, hell is a place of separation. It's a place of darkness. It's a place of God's wrath. It's a place of intense heat and fire. It's a place of loss. There is no party going on in hell today. There's no place anywhere where where they are having a celebration 
in the pits of hell. That's not how that works. Hell is a complete separation from anything that would be uh, construed as the goodness of God. And one of the great things that God has given us in this world is relationship. In fact, that is the that is probably the thing that makes man so wonderful and makes humankind a species to be a part of is that we are capable of having deep emotional, deep spiritual, deep personal relationships with each other. And those relationships are very powerful. And those relationships are remembered for a long time afterwards. And they're important. And the ability to have a relationship with each other and the ability to have a relationship with God makes makes life in many ways worth living. And you know it as well as I do. We know the devastating effect of being isolated and alone. One of my favorite TV shows of the last five or 10 years is the TV show called Alone, where they take 10 or 12 contestants and they go out and they go into Canada or Alaska or someplace that is very desolate. Nobody's there and in the wilderness and they put them out five, 10 miles apart, and they allow them to survive. And it's a survivalist show, but the truth is they have to take care of shelter. They have to take care of food. They have to take care of water. They have to make sure they meet all their physical needs so that they can survive. But the thing that is so difficult to survive comes in the name. The name is what makes it so difficult because some of these people are survivalists. They can make it through that cold, dark winter, in, in northern Alaska or Canada, they can all probably make it through, not all of them, because some of them can't provide for themselves enough food. But there are some who, who quite clearly, as you're watching the show, they can easily make it through and survive, but they can't make it through alone and survive. Because being with other people, that, that emotional tie, that connection with other human beings is very powerful. And it's, and it's a great gift that God has given us. And the connection that we have with God is very powerful. And it can't be diminished at all when you're thinking about what it is what it is to be a human being. And in fact, when God made Adam in the garden, he said exactly the same thing. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. And that TV show, I think, is appropriately named. It's not named Survive. It's not named it's not named make it through the wilderness. It's named alone. And being alone is not how God designed man to be. He did not design us to be alone and separated from each other. And he did not design us to be alone and separated from him. He made us for relationship with each other and with him. And when death comes for those who don't have those eternal ties with each other, it is, well, it is devastating. And we do not mourn as those with no hope, but those who do mourn with no hope, they mourn intensely. And, uh, and that's what happens here. It says in verse 29 that it, it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. The, he didn't pass through as a smoke. He didn't, he didn't kill through the city and it be a wave across Pharaoh's capital. It says that at midnight, the Lord struck all the firstborn of the land of Egypt in every village and every town and every city in the capital. He struck them from the poorest to Pharaoh's house itself. He struck the firstborn dead, every firstborn of Egypt. Me being a firstborn kind of bothers me a little bit. 
didn't bother me when I was watching the Ten Commandments because I realized my brothers and sister, they would have been alive, but I'd have been dead. That's, that's, it's stark and it's eye-opening. You realize that, that the firstborn in your family would have been dead. So had that taken place when I was a child, my father would have been dead. My mother would have been dead. I would have been dead. That That is devastating. In the household that I grew up in, me and my daughter would have been the first two dead. We would have died that day had it been when I had a family. And if you think about all of your families, at a minimum, if you have children, you're going to lose one for sure. And maybe parents and maybe maybe animals and relationships within the household, gone, dead immediately. And it says, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the captives who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of the livestock, the firstborn of everything, every living thing died in Egypt in an instant, instantly separated, instantly no relationship, instantly cut off. That is a intense loss. And as well as I do, you've been around folks who've faced that loss of a, a love of a loved one. And it can be very intense. For those of you who face loss of a loved one who's gone through a long period of suffering, a long period of sickness and illness, and you know that death is coming, that can be a it can be a relief because you've gone through the mourning process. You've gone through the devastation, you've gone through the anger, you've gone through the hurt. You've gone through all that uh, comes with a person who struggles against an illness and dies. And oftentimes that person is in such pain and in such suffering, struggling so much that their passing is a sense of relief. Luckily in my family, that generally has been the case for the people who've died in my life. My papa didn't die that way, but my grandfather on the other side broke his hip and he suffered for a while and never really recovered from it. My grandmother died from cancer. I didn't know my other grandmother, but my great aunt, she died. She slowly deteriorated over a long period of time with Parkinson's disease, and then eventually she passed away. And as I look at death, my, my mother-in-law died uh, over a long struggle with cancer. I've seen death happen over a long period of time, but that instant death, that death that takes place when a person was unexpected to die, it can be it can be overwhelming emotionally, and it is overwhelming. And can you imagine what happened in Egypt when the firstborn of, of households die, when they had households with two or three passing away instantly in the household? Can you imagine the devastation? Can you imagine the uproar? Can you imagine the outcry in the land of Egypt? it was great. We're going to see that they just tell them to go. Take what you want. Get out. We can't afford to let you stay any, any longer. It says, so Pharaoh rose at night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt if that, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And they died immediately. Death is a, maybe it is the most abrupt of things that happens to a human being. As we grow in our mother's womb, our mothers realize that we're there, and then they realize that we're growing there, and there's a sense of excitement oftentimes about a child coming and a preparation for that child. 
in our modern society, there has been the opportunity to take that life. But historically, a child was a sense of hope and expectation, an opportunity to celebrate, an opportunity to be excited. And when I was a young man and had my two daughters, I remember loving them and I remember holding them and I remember laying them on my chest and letting them sleep at night. And they, they de that definitely was a special time. But now that I'm a grandfather, it's even more special to be able to hold them when they're young, when they're little. My, my new granddaughter, first grandchild of my life, hopefully not the last, but, but the first of many, she is just so much fun to hold and to cuddle with so much fun to be around and to, and to see her growing and becoming. And when you're older, you take more, you take more note of it. You obviously can see and have perspective that you didn't have when you were in your twenties and early thirties. And now as a 50 year old man, I see life is so precious and them babies, they're just so wonderful to have and to hold and to cuddle with and to see the wonder of God's creation of life. Now, for those of us who know Christ, death is the same way. We enter the kingdom of God. We no longer have these bodies of death, but we have strong, young, powerful bodies. And our minds are no longer cluttered by sin and by our own desires, but our minds are keenly understand and know all things. The Bible says we will know even as we're uh, truly and completely known. We're going to, we're going to have clarity of thought and clarity of speech, and we're going to no longer have uh, the things that cause us pain and suffering. If you had a Down syndrome child or a child with autism or a child that has difficulty with relationships or difficulty maturing, they're going to be completely mature, completely adult. In, in, in all actuality, you're going to have more children than you know of. A lot of people are because when you have a child that's conceived in the womb and then maybe within the first four or six weeks, the, the, the child, the, you miscarry because maybe some problem with the pregnancy, you don't even know about it. You just miscarry and move on. But that child was conceived and that child is alive and that child will be in heaven, fully grown, fully mature, uh, fully capable of relationships. So there's no telling how many children some people have in, in the kingdom of heaven because God has the wonder of life in his hands. And so when we get there, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be uh, great. But for those who don't, it's not going to be that way. And that's why we need to be arbiters of hope. We need to be the ones who carry hope to the world. And that hope is only found in Jesus Christ. And so when the Egyptians cried out because they were facing permanent loss, they were facing a loss that they could not deal with because it was never, ever going to be the same. Let me tell you something. It's never going to be the same with the ones you lose in heaven. It's going to be way better. It's going to be way better way more close, way more connected, way more uh, able to share and to love. And we do, we do not mourn as those who have no hope. We mourn as those who have life. And as you go today, and as we head into the weekend, we need to celebrate. We need to focus. We need to get our minds and our hearts ready for the big things and the good things that are to come. And we need to prepare ourselves and our lives to be the vessels of hope for the world we live in. Whether you're watching this now or years to come, I would pray that you would be an arbiter of hope in the world that you live in. If you're watching it and you're in a far off place, be an arbiter of hope and join and be a part of the people of God wherever you're at. 
If you're here in Tallapoosa County, Alabama, I invite you to be at Lake Community Church at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and join us as we as we build the kingdom of God because we're a part of that kingdom and the Holy Spirit comes in and teaches us Christ and he builds his church and we're there to be a part of it. And uh, we'd love to have you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.